0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to New Books in Game Studies, a podcast channel on the New Books Network. I'm Rudolf Inders, the host of the channel. Today, we'll be talking to Hartmut Künitz, the author of Understanding Interactive Digital Narrative, Immersive Expressions for a Complex Time. The publisher is Rutledge. Before we jump right in, though, I want to let you know that if you like our show, please leave us a 5 stars review on Apple Podcasts, or the audio platform of your very choice. You're more than welcome to leave feedback or questions on Spotify as well. Also, feel free to share this episode with your friends or colleagues and wherever you see fit. And now, back to the show. Looking back over the past 30 years of theorizing about or around interactivity, storytelling, and the digital across the fields of game design, game studies, media studies, narratology, as well as interactive documentary and other emerging forms, understanding interactive digital narrative offers important and insightful correctives, sorry, correctivists to common misunderstandings that pervade the field. And I'm sure we can let, learn much, much, much more more about this impactful topic today. So without further ado, Hartmut, welcome to the show.
1: Welcome. And uh, from me too. And yeah, thanks for having me. I wonder if you could begin the interview
0: by telling us a bit about yourself and probably your favorite game
1: of all time. <laughs> Oh, God, that, that is such a difficult question. I have so many that I like. I really like the game that I'm playing right now, which is called Norco, which is an adventure game that is placed in, in uh, or located in set in Louisiana. Um, I can highly recommend that, Norco. And the next one on my list, but I haven't started it yet, is Salt Sea Chronicles. I think that's a fantastic game, and I'm really looking forward to playing that one. So, about me, yes. Um, so, I'm originally from Germany. Um, I started studying uh, German literature and English literature many, many years ago. Um, eventually, I did a master's degree in information science, uh, German literature, and politics. Um, I dabbled in many different things, including working as a tech journalist for 13 years, uh, 14 years um and i was even the cto of a, of a startup in berlin for a while and then eventually i decided that i wanted to have a phd and i went to uh, the us and did a phd uh at the georgia institute of technology with janet murray as, as the head of my committee um and um yeah when i worked as an assistant professor at the University of Georgia. Um, after that, I became a professor for uh, narrative design at um, the University of the Arts in, in Utrecht, and I'm now a professor for media technology at Södertörn University in Stockholm.
0: Mm. Well, that's, co- that's, co- that's quite a CV, actually. Yeah, great. Thank you. Well, um, circling back to your book, your book provides a comprehensive overview of the evolution of interactive digital narrative, IDN, over the past 30 years, as I have mentioned before. Um, please, can you share some insights into the key milestones or shifts in thinking that have shaped the field and how these have influenced your perspective on IDN?
1: Well, I mean, I, I stumbled upon the notion of, of IDN while writing my master's thesis. And and it was some work done at the MIT Media Lab at the time. And up until that time, I had you know all this all the time, this sort of competing interests in both narrative in different forms and computation. And and you know for a long time I wondered how do I bring this together. And then I found it in in interactive digital narrative. Um, I think we we have seen many milestones, which are very analogous to to the development of games, and and of course, you know, these are very. Intertwined. I mean, uh, of course, you can see. I think very early text-based adventures as as interactive narratives. Um, certainly, when the early graphic adventures. I mean, so graphics, uh, uh, computer graphics, of course, was was a big shift. Um, and 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 then, of course, we see you know first-person shooters, would probably have you know less narrative. But then we see again that more narrative also gets into some some shooters and and adventures turn into 3D adventures and you know action adventure games and 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 things like that. And I mean I think we're now at, at a point in time where of course computers uh have the power to do cinematic uh, uh rep- 3D representations um and and there's also a bit of a danger of course with that that, that instead of trying to do Actual interactive narrative that people resort to, you know, sort of cutscenes and cinematic representations to get narrative across. So I, I think that's what we are seeing in, in recent years that, that many AAA games sort of relegate uh, a narrative to cutscenes, while uh, smaller and indie productions are basically looking to really innovate on what I would really understand as finding interactive ways uh, to, to uh, convey narration.
0: Hmm. You you also introduce a conceptual framework in your book influenced by cybernetics and cognitive narratology. Hmm. I wonder how do these theoretical approaches contribute to a better understanding of idea and, and, and how might <clears throat> they even address limitations in perspectives originally developed for traditional media forms? Also, I wonder whether you could provide examples of how this framework can inform the design and analysis of successful interactive uh, narratives.
1: Right. Yes. Certainly. So I, I think you know one one big problem is uh, when when we approach interactive narrative is that you know we, we're sort of you know we can easily trapped into the thinking oh this is narrative plus interactivity. Right, and and this is sort of an approach where we think it's it's or oh, interactivity is an addition to narrative. You know, it's it's something extra to the traditional way of, of conveying a narrative. And 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 if we go that route, I, I think uh, we 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 do not do proper interactive narrative. Uh, uh, we we instead we interactivize um, existing forms. And that's, you know, creates all these games. I mean, for example, The Last of Us. That when people talk about the wonderful narrative in The Last of Us, I mean, what I see is is a shooter game where if I survive a level, as a reward, I get some cinematic narrative as a reward. Right? It's 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 really a mixture of, in a sense, a game and a digital movie and and this comes out of the thinking of oh uh a narrative is this traditional you know static fixed form while uh games are with dynamic form right this dichotomy and and basically what i'm doing with my uh framework is i'm giving people a different way to think about it which is based, which starts by understanding an interactive narrative artifact as a dynamic system, and as a thing where the narration is really shaped by the participant, the player, the interactor, as Janet Murray would have called it, um, and is not completely predetermined. Um, I'm telling designers to think about that we are really creating something when we do an interactive narrative that is unfinished that has the potential for many instantiated narratives. But these narratives are when instantiated in the playing, in the experiencing, in the interacting with this artifact. And of course, I mean, we can record you know, such things. And, and the recording, of course, might feel like a movie. But we have two steps before that. So we first have an, the, the system. And then we have an interactive process. And then out of that can come an instantiated uh, recorded product. And that's why I call my uh, theoretical framework SPP for system, process, and product. And once we come with that kind of uh, an approach to, uh, to the design and to the analysis, I think we start seeing how Narratological perspectives rooted in analyzing fixed artifacts don't really apply anymore right, so I I mean something like if you write a book. Right, you are in full control of every word you are in full control of the finished product and, of course, if if somebody reads that we can interpret that, but we cannot change it. So if you create an interactive narrative, you create a dynamic system and people might do unexpected things with it. So it's it's a different challenge and it's a different creative approach and and creative joy. I'm, I'm constantly telling designers, you need to be cool with unexpected things happening because you don't know what your participants will do. And of course, for people used to, let's say, film, I mean, who are in control of every frame and 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 every cut, um, um, that's that's a difficult uh, challenge often. And that's I'm also saying, interactive narrative is not for everyone, and maybe not for every particular project. You need to be okay with releasing control. And I'm I'm telling my students some sort of a mantra, which is. I sit back and watch with amazement what people will do with my work. And and that I think is 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 the essence and and that's really like so narratology, existing literary narratology, um, knows a lot and understands very well fixed artifacts like the printed book and 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 like the, the, the final uh, final theatrical release of a movie. But it knows very little of things that can change over time. And, and yes of course I'm aware of you know reader response theory and and, and things like I mean you know the death of the author Roland Bates um, but this is still I mean I call this interactivity one. It's an end we can interpret. And of course, our, our, we are not passive when we watch a, a movie or when we read a book. Our brain is still active. We, we speculate. We, we think what can happen. We interpret what we are what we're seeing and what we are reading. But what we're concerned with in interactive digital narrative is what I call interactivity too. And that is um, when we can make plans and we can execute these plans. So when we have planning and execution, when we can think, OK, should I change the perspective here? Should I go to the forest, or should I go to the village? right? Should I talk to the king or to the villager here? That's, and then we are making a plan. And when we actually do it with our avatar, we walk to into the forest. We actually click on the other perspective. Um, we, we talk to the king when we have executed this plan. So this is interactivity, too, of planning and execution. And and existing uh, narratological theory knows very little, if anything, about that. And this is really the need for a new narrative theory. And that's what I'm trying to provide with my book and with the SPP system.
0: Now, the, the great aforementioned Janet Moray has praised your book for its groundbreaking analysis and contribution to the theory and design of interactive digital narratives. Um, in what ways do you envision your work influencing the future of IDN and what key takeaways or advice would you offer to students, practitioners and instructors? And instructors looking to delve into the realm of interactive storytelling and game writing?
1: Yeah, I mean it's 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 very nice to, to get this, this this praise from Janet of course. Um, but but you know the sea change that, that I'm trying to to make happen, and and I'm certainly not the other and the, the only one, we certainly others worker on that too, is is really the understanding what I saw, said before, that interactive digital narrative needs new approaches. It's not we cannot just use existing conventions, existing theoretical approaches that work for fixed narrative artifacts and expect these to work. Uh, They might actually be counterproductive. And and if we have a game writing program where, where students are essentially taught script writing, well when when we we have we have a conflict between you know what we're actually trying to create as, as as products and what the students learn because you know script writing is something for a different medium where in the end I have a fixed artifact. So I, I think students should really look into, um, things that, that are dynamic. I mean, cyber uh, start with with thinking about cybernetic art is a good starting point. It was for me. Um, where you start understanding that you're no longer in full control of what happens, and where you need to start making room for your audience, for your interactors to put in their own thoughts, their performance, their own narrative ideas and then you have a very different uh kind of an of an approach in the end
0: yeah well Hartmut at this point we've taken a lot of taken a lot of your time maybe mm, please tell our listeners what are you working on now and what will be your uh your very next projects
1: <laughs> I'm I'm working on a number of things um so if if um, I'm 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 lucky that I'm I'm running um, a cost action that's a, a European uh, grant for network and capacity building, and and where we have about 230 people from about 40 countries, and we're trying to provide during this action foundation for, for you know, more uptake of interactive narrative production, um, um, a better understanding of, of interactive digital narrative, and things like you know, full study programs focused entirely on interactive digital narrative. Um, so here, one of the projects that we're working to finish hopefully this year Is where we will provide an encyclopedia because I mean, there's a lot of terminological confusion. So we try to provide one guide uh, for everybody to look at, and and we have a contract with Rutledge for that, and it will have many, many authors. So that's one concrete project. Another project that we have basically already finished but but not fully published yet is we created templates for bachelor's and master's programs both in the US and the European system in interactive digital narrative uh, studies and design. And, and we hope we have, you know we have some ideas where we could sort of implement that first. Um, another effort um, um, that I'm only an in offer in, in, in and, and done by others, and that I'm very happy about, there will be a collection of syllabi coming out for teaching interactive digital narratives. Um, so yeah, these are three things that I think uh, are, are really important, and we are very close on starting the first academic journal um, in uh, on interactive narratives, uh, uh, co-published with ETC Press. Uh, the first issue is uh, nearly ready. Um, yeah. Wow.
0: <laughs> well, I must say that's a lot, and sounds very promising and exciting. So um best of luck of course for this and that um thank i want you. to thank you also for being on the show today and i really enjoyed it obviously because now i'm really stunned because you put up so many projects this means also lots of conversation and podcasting for for you and me in the future so <laughs>
1: absolutely absolutely uh, really,
0: yeah so um as i said i really enjoyed it uh, for now take care and
1: goodbye and also goodbye for me thank you
0: so, dear listeners, I hope you like this episode. If you are an author and or an editor in the field of digital game studies yourself and want to talk about your latest research or publication, please do not hesitate to contact me under at googlemail.com Alternatively, please send me a direct message on social media, You will find me under Rudolf Inderst on Facebook and Instagram and under at Game Studies on Blue Sky. And again, please share this episode where you see fit and don't forget to keep it playful all the time. Thank you very much. Goodbye.